when did you and I first meet, Taftairs? Uh, the record states that oh, we met at, and, and this had, we met at a youth minister's meeting. That's right. At Germantown. Yes. 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 And those are usually meetings where people meet to talk about working. To like talk about work, not working. Yes. And, and a youth minister's meeting, we might not even ever get around to that, actually. So. Correct. And I, I'm surveying the room and I'm like, this guy's not like me at all. I'm not like this guy at all. But we both think that this room is, yeah. Like, <laughs> I, I think I've thought about that a bunch of times. This would have been 2006 is when that would have been. Yeah, it was a bunch of years ago. Um, and what I remember thinking about both of us, the only similarity between us, <clears throat> it was not rapping. It was not my ability to rap at all. That was not what it was. Um, it, yeah, it, it was, it was, it was the fact that neither one of us cared about what was happening there as much as anybody else in the room. Right. Right. And, um, there were a lot of people that were very ready for that day and they were all prepared and they were all psyched about it. And they had been thinking about that meeting for some time. And I think everybody else there had a laptop out except you and I, <laughs> and we were still working at old school with the notes, you know, if we even did that, I'm not sure we did that at all. Um, right. and so the, the similarity we had was that, as I recall, you and I were not in any way, shape, or form jockeying for position. And we both sensed how much the other one didn't really care that much. And I think that's the only thing that drew us together. It was like the, what, maybe the first episode of The Office or one of the first episodes of The Office, Michael Scott hits you with a, me no get no agenda. Like he says that. <laughs> And I remember that going through my head and then looking at you and going, did that dude hear me? Like <laughs> it was that kind of feeling. Right. Right. Uh, yeah. That was, that was the first time. And uh, boy, the, the pathway from there, dude. I know a lot of, a lot of time uh, uh, similarly not caring at different things and, uh, sure. and getting over in the corner and having to talk about things um, and trying to do that quietly so that we didn't get our kids in trouble, as I recall, right. as we were doing youth ministry. And uh, because both of us wanted to, we wanted to project that image even to our kids, but we didn't want them to then project that image for anybody else because that wouldn't do us any good. So, sure. um, so I do remember that. Um, so tell me this, how did you first get into ministry? What, what started you on the path of, do in ministry I, I always knew like like you made that reference earlier to like like the rap joke I always like to come up with things that other people couldn't come up with um and quickly surprise, yeah and surprise people um not like jump out of the room surprise yeah, but right. surprise people with did he just say that or that has to come from something bigger than yourself and you just refer to Amos stuff like right? that Right, correct. Which is a great thing to say on Martin Luther King Jr. Day, who <laughs> of course refer, who referred to Amos. Um, but I, I always thought I wanted to do it. I was making terrible decisions as a kid. But the church, the Creve Hall Church in Nashville, right. uh, 
God planted me right next to that. My, my mom got a house right next to Creep Hall. They cut a hole in the fence where I could walk through uh, to go to that church. And so Perfect. I learned, yeah, dude, I learned how to do everything at, at that church building and in that church parking lot. And so, I mean, I would, I would have the preachers in there. They would kind of bring me in and disciple me. Uh, and then I would have my friends and in the parking lot, like, so it would, that was my, that was just my whole area. And so it was going to take, or there was a good chance for it to take. Right. Because what else were you going to do? Yeah. <laughs> well, the things in the parking lot aren't going to be profitable. Right. And so if you're inside, it's going to be better. And the it's, it's, it, this reminds me of you because there's, there's guys that preach and they babysit a chair like that and their their sermons or their messages are very heartfelt maybe studied but there's the the person sitting in the pew that hears them and thinks have they walked this walk like at all like ever uh or is it or is it just about that message and not that those people can't win souls but when the preacher at that church comes over to my i go to his house you know to go hear his preaching Right. Um, but then when he comes over to my house, when there's a robbery and I can picture Joe doing this picture, like he, when the preacher comes, yeah, the preacher comes over and he's walking through the neighborhood because my mom called because there's a, she knew to call the preacher next door. You know what I mean? Right. right. And so for me, having, having a little bit of flavor or sauce to me, I'm like, dude, he preaches, but he can also get down. Like he's going to go over here. It's like accessibility. Be, yeah, he's gonna be a man, right? And right. that's I think now I'm talking about a whole other podcast, but I think we're missing some <laughs> of that. And so it was attractive to me. No, I think and, this podcast goes all over the place. And, and and with that sort of segue, I would say, did you with that at least at that time, did you have what you might call a hero in ministry? Yeah, oh yeah, dude. There's a uh, I too. Um, and then I had like 10, isn't it cool? Um, <laughs> right. It's great. It's like a coaching tree. Uh, but Paul Tucker, um, was the one who baptized me and taught me things from Creve Hall. Uh, he was fun fact. He was one of the first like three or four dudes to go through the, the preaching school at Pepperdine. Okay. Like he's like a founding. That like, would have been way back in the day. Yes. And yes. so now, now you got an old guy uh, who's at who's at Creve Hall, who a lot of people just go to pasture, you know. Right. And so he's there Cruise talking control, to me. I call that. Yeah, and yeah. and and some of them work so hard, and then time out. Right. Well, he he worked so hard, and then went to a comfortable place to work, and he he's the one that gave me my famous quote that I've said for years. Um, uh, he would pray every night, God, wake me up tomorrow if you have something for me to do. And he said, that'll change. It'll change your alarm clock mentality. And one day I was his something to do. And I was that kid. And then right. he, the way he treated a, this'll rock some people's world, the way he treated a younger preacher who came in, right? Well, it was this guy named Tom Holland. And Tom he, Holland. Com he comes in and that guy starts taking me. My, my parents split when I was little and my dad called Tom Holland to take me on a father son retreat. Cause my dad couldn't make it. 
And so I, I mean, I'm in a tent with Tom, you, you know what I mean? Like, right. So right. stuff just started happening where people weren't just preaching. Right. They were, they were living it and doing sermons. Right. So and, you're getting a lot of, a lot of influences, not just, not just the, the, the church influence. Correct. And, right. and that same thing, I'm, I'm all over the place, but that same thing that That's started good. with them, it was like a seed. And then that seed is probably what drew me to you because after Tom, you know, there's that, that growing up period, Dan Winkler came in and was our preacher. So it was like all these respected dudes. Uh, but then I needed something different. And cause I was, I was still, I was doing the right stuff, but making decisions that a teenage boy would make. And I have a really good ability to get caught. And, um, right. So we're living by, in two worlds or yes, three, yeah. whatever, whatever the number I, is. I thought I was good at it. And, <laughs> Stan Butt comes along, who, who's like a mentor to me, and you and him have a lot of the same similarities too. And he came in, and I remember one day he told me that he wanted me to. Uh, he was a he was a youth intern at the time, okay. and at Woodson Chapel, and he wanted us uh, to come to some youth event. And I remember telling him, "Hey, man, I'm sorry, like I'm not gonna make it, dude. I, I, it's a cool event you're throwing, but I I, I gotta work or something." And I'm, I'm probably 15 or whatever. And he says to me, just like, like gangster, he says to me, hey, man, you don't have to apologize to me. And I kind of looked at him and he goes, I, I just work for him. It's his party. It's not mine. And it was like he took it to the next level. Like, right. you're not rejecting an invitation to me. I'm, I'm doing this for God. And I remember looking at my wife, uh, girlfriend at the time, and going, uh, did he just juke me? Like, I, I feel skewered right now. Yeah, yeah I feel I, like he stuck me with that. So, right. And I go, I go, I go, hey, baby, I don't know how to apologize to him. And she was like, yes, you do. You know how that's called repentance. And I'm like, woo. So lots of heroes. So God put a bunch of different people in your life at a very similar time that were all willing to be straightforward and honest with you. Yes. And that led to my first sermon and, right. and that, right. the whole other story, but it, it, so yeah, those people all did it. They did it right. And I just got to pick up what they were putting down. Right. Right. Okay. And your history, I'm trying to go through this and I want to do it kind of quickly, but you started where? In it is pro time pro or? Professionally. Yeah. 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 Uh, La Lewisburg, um, okay. uh, Westview. Uh, I was there for like four months. Okay. Yes. Not fired. No, it's okay. That's all right. We, I wasn't asking for that. This is not resume builder. I just was <laughs> wanting to, uh, I was wanting Can I pay to, extra for and that? Because when I first met you, you were at Woodland Hills. Yes. I let, I went to Woodland Hills from what, from Westview. I had been there four months and okay. The opportunity came up. I went to an elder there and said, Hey, I, I think I'm supposed to be in Memphis. I don't know why. And he said, this is the time in your life to make a move this fast. Yeah. yeah. And um, so I was in Memphis for shoot eight, nine years. Um, yeah, I was going to say it was quite a while. Yeah. It was, uh, it was life changing going to woodland hills in memphis life changing when i first met you at that meeting in 2006 i had asked other people about because i'd been out of memphis for 
since uh, 2001 right. almost. And so, so we'll come back to the same job in Memphis. And so I was going to put together, you know, some, a youth ministry deal because stuff had kind of, there wasn't a lot of cohesion at that point in time. And so I was like, well, let, well, let's have a meeting. And so I was asking people about, okay, who do I need to talk to? You know, who's around? Who's, who's, who's doing, have you met this dude Taft airs? Like three different people asked me that. And anytime three different people call a guy, dude, I'm like, okay, I need to get to know this guy. And, right. uh, and, and so, um, and so I heard about you before I actually met you. Um, but there weren't any great stories or anything, but most people are not great storytellers. And then, uh, and then sure. you and I, you know, came up with our own stories after that. Now, now do you still preach? Yes. Yeah. I, I've never, I've never stopped. So I, I go from, uh, I go on these quick stops from, Woodland Hills, uh, I went out of youth ministry into involvement and outreach ministry. Right. Um, so I did, I did one in West Tennessee, and then I did one in Peachtree City, south of Atlanta. And at both of those places, I would preach half the month. And so I went from being that youth ministry role where I preached once a month to these two where it was half the month. And you kind of felt like you were standing in a batter's box. Like, hey, next up, you know, he's going to be the right. next guy. Um, and so I transitioned out and started doing, uh, I had a role that was a corporate chaplain role where I got to deal with employees and then also do all my traveling preaching. And so fast forward all the way here. So now, your Sundays uh, were available. You were, you weren't competing yes. for your Sundays, right? Yeah. And didn't never, I have never wanted to stop because I'm, I'm the worst version of myself. So it's pretty selfish. Uh, I'm the worst version of myself when I'm not preaching. Um, as you know, from late night phone calls and, and all that. Yes. Yeah. So I, I do, I preach now. Um, when I am in town, I preach at a, uh, a cool historic church in Brentwood. Not that all churches aren't historic, uh, but this one has a marker and it's a, yeah, our church a goes course. back to the first century. Afters. I don't know what you're talking a about. So. A Amen. <laughs> AD. Ding. Um, <laughs> But it was a, it's a cool spot. And it's, I, I joke in my house, I call it my residual. And I don't, I don't mean just because of income and private school for the kids, but I always know if I'm here. And when I, when, for clarity, when I say here, I travel and speak and teach for my job. But being, being here, it's so cool that I was able to say for my job because the, the preaching part to me now doesn't feel like a job at all it's it's medicinal for me now the unicorn is when the, the job and that feel both one and one like like you i appreciate um, that thank you yeah, yes yeah it's all over your face that's but good for me yeah dude that's what you want and so sure. for me it's it's great i I'm, I'm we were talking earlier i'm in amos right now and yeah. i try to preach hard things for me and it's uh i hope i never stop man that's good. I hope you never stop either because, uh, because I think, uh, it, it does change the dynamic, uh, that you bring to the table. And even when we just talk, you know, on the phone, um, you're in a different place when you're preaching and I can tell that, and it's, it's real obvious to me. And, uh, um, and, uh, the times that I recall were those little short periods in between, um, you know, transition from one job or one situation to the other. And that's when I remember you being the most, 
um, you know, I won't say frustrated exactly, but maybe unsettled. And, and, yeah. and you wanted to, and you wanted to nail that down so that you could, you know, have the place where you, you felt like you were fitting right then. And, yeah. And yeah. So that, that's, that's what I remember. Um, I spent a lot of time feeling kind of like a man without a country on it too, you know? Right. 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 Which is easy to happen. It's, it's really easy to happen. So as I think about that, I want to transition to another question and that is about, uh, maybe one of those big challenging times and you can talk about whatever challenging time that you want to. I remember a specifically challenging time, uh, when you guys had decided to adopt a child. Mm. Yeah. And there was quite a bit happening at that point. And then, and then more started to happen. You want to talk about that time? Yeah. Um, yeah, dude. Now that for, for full <laughs> I'm being personal. If you don't want to talk about that, yeah. you don't have to. No, here's what's, here's what's wild about what I'm fixing to ask you. Which time? Okay. What I recall was a phone conversation that you and I had and you called me up out of the blue and I knew you were working on the adoption situation and y'all, y'all were talking about that. There were some specifics as I recall. And sometimes, you know, I'm getting old tapped. So sometimes these times might bleed together for me. So you can, you can clarify if you want to, but what okay. I remember that, you doing was you called me and you said, Hey, we're still in process. All the adoption stuff is happening. Um, you were doing the the program where you were, uh, you know, doing this, this, this both and thing where people were helping you guys, um, you know, financially put the package together to be able to, because it's expensive to adopt a child and sure. you call me up and you went, Joe, Malia's pregnant. Mm. Mm. Okay. And th this is okay. This is what's crazy is Go because ahead. we have two stores. And so, we we have we have a child right now who's five years old and we adopted him at one day old right and so I, that's I, the story i'm also, thinking about oh that is okay because fun fact we were going to adopt before my oldest was born right and we were fourth in line to go to russia and somebody returned a child um and so that that cut the process and made it when right. we were fundraising then too Yes. Uh, and so that's why I was sitting here going, there's two stories, which one do we want to camp out in? And they're years apart. Um, so, uh, flash forward, we'll go, we'll go with the second story. Um, okay. we, we were in this process. Uh, we were, we were convicted because of the first time in ministry that we were going to adopt and that that'll go back to 07. Um, we were told we couldn't because my wife, uh, they, they stopped the process. They stopped it in line because somebody had returned a baby or returned a child in, out of Murfreesboro. And they said, you guys, you're paused. You can't come uh, until everything gets worked out in the government. Well, my wife comes to me then and she says, hey, I, I don't know what's up, but I'm pregnant again. You know, we had, we had some problems in the past. She said, I'm pregnant. And uh, so I said, okay, well, let's do it. Let's do this and adopt. And let's just do both. We've always wanted to adopt since we were kids. And uh, so we got in line to go back and they said, coming to Russia, you, the way the, you know, Russian culture, it has a, like we all do, has their own set of rules. And it would have been a huge slap in the face to them for us to show up with her, with child. Um, I can make a million arguments on why that's stupid, but that's, 
that that was the rule. And right. so we they just put a pin in it, like, hey, come back later. Like you you can come back later. So bam bam, we have two kids, fifteen months apart. Um, it adoption's still kind of sitting here. Like, oh, we we need to do it. We should do it. Um, and five years go by after my daughter's born, and we revisit adoption locally, um, meaning uh, stateside. Right. And we we were convicted, and we usually means she uh, were convicted <laughs> on. Well, somebody has to get convicted first, right? And correct. let's be honest, between the two of you, yes. She's yeah. the one you want to be convicted. My conviction usually means um, I won't be here for a few years. And so her, her conviction was, <laughs> was, hey, um, we need to do this. And so we jump in. There's a lot of things that we years ago probably weren't ready for, that we were ready for this time, things that we wanted to accept, um, meaning, hey, if there's drug addiction in this child's background, let's right. do it. Um, and so, so a lot of cool things happen and fast forward, we're raising money. Um, at that point I was speaking everywhere. Not like, not like, Hey, here I am. And at the end you can give me a love offering. But like, if I was, if I was a carpenter, but if that happened, would, you weren't, you weren't rejecting it. No. Hey man, I took some stuff under the table. Uh, I had like a, a great illustration about adoption and Oh, by the way, but, um, the, the real talk is if I were a carpenter and I, and I built stuff and sold it, I would just build more things when I needed more money. Right. And so for me, it was, Hey man, speak some more. You're, you're going to get more money. And so people started telling us about this deal called both hands where you could do, it's a great organization, by the way, um, where you can do work on a widow's house. So it's from James, you know, one hand for the widow, one hand for the orphan. And so we all came together we did it. We raised, it cost us 38 grand uh, to do that adoption. Wow. 25 of it. Yeah. Yeah. 25 of it came from both hands. And so this baby gets home. Um, he, he's here with us. Um, he's three months old and my wife comes to me and she says, Hey, and I'm like, yeah, I'm convicted and, again, honey. Yeah. Yeah. I'm like, what's this going to cost? Um, but no, she comes to me. And I was fixing to go preach on a Sunday morning. I'm asleep and I got a pen over here. Maybe it'll make the right sound. And uh, I'm asleep and on my bedside table, I hear, and I, and I look over and it's a pregnancy test. Oh yeah. And right, right. So the first time you were around for the first time where right. it's like dancing in the streets, like, yay. Like on the fourth child, uh, she sets it down and I go, <laughs> just like that that's and, funny honey who did you get to fake this pregnancy test for you correct <laughs> and she says to me she says to me it's all your fault and as okay. she's walking down the hallway i hear this what are we gonna do like like and i gotta get up and go preach right um and so that was a very that was a very weird time for us because we were dealing with things from our three month old baby. Right. And then we had all of a sudden uh, this new baby. So now these, these two boys, they're running around my house right now. They're a year apart. Yes. Uh, health struggles um, for, for my fourth one. He had some stuff when he was born. And so, so to do that, I think it put me in a new pain point 
to, I mean, when I say health struggles, he was overnighted. Uh, I mean, not, excuse me. Um, he was airlifted overnight. Well, you uh, know, we understand health struggles. So yeah, yeah, yeah. And they changes your preaching. It changes yes. how you're able to walk, uh, walk beside somebody. And then there's that part that I know you have to deal with where you've been through some real stuff mm-hmm. and then your congregants, uh, they complain about your people. Their, yeah. They complain about their stuff and yeah. you love them through it. But then you also want to be like, like hey. somebody bought generic soda for the youth Devo Joe. And that that's not going to work. And you're like, really, you're bringing this to me. You want to talk about that right now? Right. Really? Right. Oh, your kid yeah. can't choose between the retreat or their, you know, their, you know, basketball game. That's tough. I'm really sorry for you. That's awful. Right. You read the book right. of Amos. So anyhow, yeah. <laughs> that's right. So yeah, that's yeah. well, that's, let me ask so let me ask you this. During that time, if you can think back to that for a minute, um, you know, how did it change things like your prayer life? like you know your connection to god maybe not just for you personally but also maybe for you and malia hers um hers changed drastically and instantly um she was in a communion with god early in the morning before any of us got up and it it was it was something i envied because i was watching it and i was seeing it and i've known that girl since we're 13 and I'm sitting there going, oh, dude, she's the same woman who back in youth ministry when I got the book Crazy Love and I was like nuts about it. Like I would buy it by the case and give right. it to people. And I remember her like, telling me. Have you heard day, of Francis Chan? You were that guy. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yo, dude. And, and I was I was nuts about the book. And she was like, you know, that part of the beginning when he talks about relationships. I mean, I know I know how that's supposed to sound, but I don't I haven't, I haven't had that. And and. So I was sitting there going, my wife's spiritual, but why'd she just say that? You know, what's the problem? Right. Fast forward to dude. Now she's hearing from the Lord and she is, I mean, do she, her relationship was straight intimacy with him and it was, it was beautiful. And so it started to change me because through preaching, the, the guy is, I think a simpleton who preaches like the people at the church your people as you mentioned earlier when you act like they're not inclined um i I think that's ignorant when you know there's somebody like her who's struggling with kids who would love to listen to you uh but that's not in the cards right now um and but she's having this thing with god at home you it, it started to change me because i was going to there are some really spiritual people that they don't have the pieces of paper parentheses degrees uh that so and so has and you're l- looking there going that means nothing i, I fit that description so. i know i know <laughs> and and you look out there and you say there's these there's these people that are very spiritually inclined they've got something that they've got something they've got a message you need to hear preacher right. and if you're living if, it yeah and if you bring it that way I think it changes for everybody. And so that started to change me too. Right. No, that's, that's, that's great. So, um, so I would say, um, 
you know, it, it probably, and I watched it actually happening when, when it was going on, but I watched it change you from the inside out. Yeah. Uh, and I, and I think, and I think uh, that does happen to all of us. How did you, how did you stay positive? How did you, not just you, but you know, your family, how did you guys keep things positive during a time when um, let, let's be honest, there was all of a sudden there was a lot of stress and you, um, you loved it. And I know you loved both of your children that, um, happened in rapid succession. That wasn't exactly the plan that you had. Um, sure. but how did you, how did you remain positive? What kind of things did you do to stay positive during that time? I had to start, um, finding God in different places. And I know that sounds like a morning devotional book or something, but through through it is a morning uh, devotional book but yeah go ahead i think it's called soul food right <laughs> uh, I, <laughs> no that book has not been written nor probably will I, it ever be i started to look and find it uh find spirituality and and find god's it sounds so weird to say fingerprint but in in, in songs in movies in things that had been created by people i would i would have this ability through this to sit down and find him and when i say songs i don't just mean like a contemporary christian format or movies that people watch that are terrible uh that, that are those you know uh strong christian movies uh but like in in regular art i started to i started to see see it i started to see him and it man it I would call you up like, and be like, like hey, George I, Jones, like George Jones. Oh, I think there's some of that. Yeah, dude, dude, there's, there's George Jones, there's endless movies. Um, and I would just, I would, I would find it. And it was, it was this warm feeling to me that, Hey, he, you, you're ignorant. If you don't think that God shows up or is, is on display in things that are made by people that he made. Right. And, Reflected and at so, least in the things yes. that they say and do. Yeah. Yeah. And so it just really started that changed me in a weird way. Um, because I was I was kind of crying out for it. And right. I was I was preaching and we were we were doing some things randomly, but once I started seeing it consistently, um and there were times when I would say it and I look over at my wife and she'd be like, kind of like I've been saying it for years, you know, like <laughs> I was playing I was playing playing catch up now you know right right uh, and that helped me a lot again the, it was like an elixir have there been times during that process or during times like that maybe even another time that you're preaching and you're you're putting together lessons and you're saying things but there's a sense in which because you're also soul searching during that time and you're also trying to figure things out for yourself and your life are there times when it almost feels hypocritical to step into the pulpit and say something mm. to people yeah <laughs> yeah you can go from being real and saying man i preach i preach a real message to hey so um i'm i'm gonna repent when this message is over like i'm gonna yeah but you didn't say that out loud <laughs> no but i did have a thought one day about extending the invitation some people know what that means uh extend the invitation everybody respond. knows what that means altar call go ahead Re responding to it and high-fiving myself yes. <laughs> yes. um so yeah yeah tons of times when i when i felt that way for sure okay 
Okay. All right. Totally different uh, direction here. Um, you know, what's your favorite thing to eat? Meatloaf. Meatloaf's your favorite. Talk about that. I'm 41 years old. I've never met a meatloaf I didn't like. I've never met a meatloaf that did. And I went to a Christian college. Okay. Like they, they pumped out some. So you had some meatloaf. meatloaf. You had some um, yesterdays. You had some yesterdays. Yes. Whatever. Recycled yes. into a. Because, you know, at some point a meatloaf can morph into a casserole. Correct. Yes. And you're yes. saying yes to all of it is what you're telling me. Oh, Joe, I, you, you can try to screw up a meatloaf and bring it to me. I said last night, my, my wife made one and I said to, to my kids, I said, you know what? One day if I'm a king in all the lands, I'm going to have people just bring meatloafs from afar. I'll try them all and none of them will rival your mothers. <laughs> and um, I said that last night. I mean, dude, I love me. That's good. So let me ask you this. Do you, do you think the way that people grow up and the kind of home they grow up in, and we can talk about socioeconomic, whatever, but do you think that affects their favorite foods? Hands down. Uh, hands down. Yes, it does. Yes. Because there's some people that they just think they've eaten and they haven't. You know what I'm saying? Right. <laughs> right. Uh, changes what you're willing to eat that's for sure mm -hmm. there's no question yeah. about that. and leftovers take on a new you know affection for those that uh may don't have too much i'm going to rock a meatloaf sandwich today okay you're gonna uh, slice it you're gonna grill it on a in a pan no no dude oh gonna... do that have you tried that no i'm a, I'm no. a meatloaf sandwich guy myself I uh, I I could do that. I could I have that I have that bandwidth. So so there's that. this beautiful lady named Sister Schubert. I don't know if you've ever heard of her. She makes these fantastic rolls. She killed me right after we got married. Killed oh, me. Oh man, she will put the weight on you, Sister Schubert. Uh, my brother always says, "God bless that heavenly baker, Sister Schubert." But uh, but I because I don't know what her I don't know what her theology is or was. But but the fact is that that you split one of those in half and then you grill you up a piece of meatloaf and you just lay that up in there, um, you know, with whatever kind of sauce you like on top of that. I like right. I like barbecue sauce ketchup mix. I'm one of those people on my meatloaf. So uh, oh, dude, 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 here's a game changer for you. Uh, a deacon, a deacon's wife at uh, Woodland Hills. They, everybody knows I like meatloaf, and dude. Uh, dude, don't let me go to a five-star restaurant on date night and they have meatloaf. Because you're like, going to eat it. Oh, dude, it's going to be like bison. Oh, oh. And oh, so. Bison meatloaf. Bro, I'm going to. You have, you have uh, upped your game in the world. I think that went from, you know, uh, going through the fence to go to church up to, you know, neighborhood on the lake, right? I mean, you just bison meatloaf on me. I don't I don't want people to think that my meatloaf game is is low key. It's it's all of it. And right. there's there's a lady who had it and uh at Woodland Hills and she knew I liked it, so she had me come over and instead of like the the bread that some people crush up or the things that people do, man, she get she put this isn't for everybody, but it was for me that day. All right. Cheez-Its instead of the bread. Spicy, spicy hot Cheez-Its crushed up. Oh, nice. Tabasco Cheez-Its. 
bro, it was fabulous. Shout out to Kathy Hillis in Collierville, Tennessee. No, that um, sounds good. I know the Hillis family. Yeah, yeah dude. It was good. That's that was awesome. Good. That's okay. So tell me this. Like, uh, it's a special Saturday. You sleep late and your wife is in the kitchen and she comes to wake you up and she fixed something special in the kitchen for you. What is it? What mm-hmm. just what just, you know, makes you so excited to jump up and eat that? What is it? It's this it's this little um oh man, we just had it. Uh it's I'll, I'll get it wrong. It has sausage. Uh-huh. It has cream cheese and the outside of it is like a biscuit, but it's a it's a casserole. You cut it in squares. Yes. Oh dude. Oh dude. It's, oh, I've had that. I know what that is. You know is. what I'm talking about? Yeah, what do it's, you call that, babe? Wait, I got my cook sitting at the other end of the table. What do you call that? Sausage rolls, what she said. So, it, and like it's that. you give me that yeah. and a tall glass of orange juice, she'll bring me the pan and I'll say, that'll work. Okay. It's, uh, yeah. it's yeah. good. Mm. Yeah, Latina's version has green chilies in it. Oh, no, I'd be down with that. I would okay, like so that. the sausage and the cream cheese and some green chilies mixed in there for a little bit of spice, you know, because yeah, because that is one southern lady at the other end of this table. Let me just tell you <laughs> right now. So yeah. that sounds good, man. This is this Stuff. is this is my breakfast today, Joe. I see it. Well, you know, you see what I'm having here. So I, oh, I nice. do the uh, I do the the uh, the fasting deal. So I don't eat until you know almost lunch a lot of times. So. When you held that up like that, that's like your perfect thumbnail, by the way. Hey, there it is right there. So there it is. South Point, <laughs> South Point, rocking the South Point cup. So anyhow. Um, so if you could sit down and have a meal with anybody and, you know, just eat and have a conversation, who would that be, Taftairs? Dead or alive? What's that? De- dead or yeah, alive? Yeah, whoever you want. Man, I'd sit down with Brett Favre. Oh, you'd sit down with Brett Favre. All right. Would you yeah. ask him why he pronounces his name that way? That'd be the first we, question. We'd talk about his spelling um, for sure. And okay. I, would, I would talk about uh, his life that unfolded in front of everybody. Um, and I'm very interested in his spirituality. Very. Um, because his life was on display for everybody. Everybody has a different person they, they look to. Uh, but that's the first one that comes out of my mind. And yeah, and his probably, life is on display from a pretty young age. I mean, this guy yeah. this guy hits it playing playing football and and um yeah, and he I would say uh lived it right out loud, whatever that was at the time yep. <laughs> in Brett Favre's life. So yeah, okay. Yeah. All right. That's an interesting one. Yeah. I thought it might be. That's good. That's good. What's your favorite part of every day for Taft Airs? Favorite part? Look forward to it. Coming home. Okay. I, I wake up to come home. And I tell people all but the you're time. you're already home. You're already home, Taft. I know what I got to do. And <laughs> so I got to get it done. And we were in a meeting the other day. And uh, they were trying to be motivating. And um, – right. They said, you got to go bed, go home. Yeah, like it was, hey, let's, let's get it. Let's, let's right. have a good check day. Check your motivation. Check your motivation. Yes. Yep. And uh, I sent a text to a guy there, and I said, they're really, really, really not taking into account my desire to go home. Um, 
Like, like got it. I, it's got where it. I, like, it's don't where ask I me to go big or go home because I know my answer. Right, right. And I'm going to um, go home and there at home. I'm going to be big once I get there. That's what I like, man. Yeah. Oh, that's what I like. And, hey, I like a lot of Saturday nights. I like a lot of Saturday nights, Joe, because okay. I'm going to go – I'm going to go preach the next day, yes. uh, but also my kids are going to be occupied and um, I'm going to get a little extra quality time uh, with the only one I really want to have it with, if we're being honest. And uh, so I'll, uh, I'll get a yes. lot of wife, wife time that night. That's good. She gives you some tension. It's a little bit of an attaboy if I, yeah, that's if fair. I can say that. Yeah, that's, I, I, I understand that, you know, opposite mm-hmm. end of the table again. I'll tell sure. you, I understand that totally. I get that. If you could change anything about life right now today, just snap your fingers and it changes. What is that, Taft? That there is no pause button. I would, I would love, I would love to have a pause button right now, um, okay. so that I could be be more of me in more places. Uh, I would love to be able to pause this situation right here. Uh, and go over here. And so a lot of that has to do with time management and stewardship uh, of that. So that's a personal thing, but I would, I would change it right now just to have more of me in more places. Yeah. It, that answer is hilarious because it reminds me of a kid. Okay. I'm teaching the youth class recently. And, um, and so I go around the room and it's a fun thing just to get all the kids involved. I ask a simple question. I said, if you could be a superhero, have a super you know, gift or ability, what would that be? And, you know, kids go around the room and they're saying things like the stuff you would think, well, I can, you know, shoot webs from my, you know, hands or I can uh, fly or I can be invisible. One kid, eighth grader, here's his answer. There would be an infinite number of me. Mm. I said an infinite number of you explain that. What does that mean? He said, well, there would be a bunch of me and I'd be in different places and I could do all these things at the same time, but I would do it as well as I do everything. And I was like, okay. And I said, why would that be your super gift? And he said, because I am awesome. And I just want you to know Taft Ayers, when you were answering that question, that's all I could think that you were really telling me right there. And that's, that's a good answer. I like that. I like the answer. And that, and that's what the irony of that is. If I had given that answer at that age, that's probably what I was thinking. Now I'm sitting here going, I am not, Ooh, I'm about to go. Uh, I'm going, I am not awesome. And the only way for me to make improvement would be if I could go, okay, dude, make more of you. Like, so that way you can be a little bit better here and a little bit better there, you know, right. like, and, and part that, of it is experience at this point in your life. Sure. Sure. You be those multiple places so you can have those, those multiple experiences. So, you know, mm-hmm. Hey, I appreciate your time today and just uh, just spending some time together and uh there's lots of other stuff i can ask you but i will in subsequent uh weeks and months you can count on that so uh, let's do it man hey it'll be fun it'll be a good time and uh and i hope you know you have an awesome day and uh and you're you're home today right dude i don't plan to leave you say you're I, i am home Yes. So you might have to leave just so you can come home again today. Man, quit for the comeback, right? That's it. Like, That's what I'm saying. Making I'll go, I'll go down the cattle gap, come back, and be like, what's up? That's it. Hey, everybody, it's me. I'm home. So it's good. <laughs> That's awesome. 
Well, hey, God bless you. Yeah, tell the family I said hey. Uh, all well, the noise too, and crazy family that you have there today, and you'll have some good times with them, and uh, and have an awesome one. And uh, tell your lady, especially, I said hey. I will. You too, man. Other end right. of the table. Hey, we'll talk soon. Appreciate it. All right. Thanks, See you, Dad. Joe. See you, man. Bye.